Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In Romans chapter 1, the Apostle Paul declares that the wrath of God is being revealed against all of our godlessness and wickedness. As human beings, every one of us is utterly sinful, hopelessly lost, and in desperate need of a Savior. Do you understand how wicked your sin really is? Have you run to Jesus and received him and begged for his mercy? Let's open our Bible now to Romans chapter 1 that we may truly understand the fearful reality of the wrath of God. Well, good morning and welcome to another teaching. It is a Sunday morning here in Texas and uh, hopefully y'all are loving on Jesus, spending time with Jesus, growing as a disciple of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. So this is what I believe it's the fourth teaching in the book of Romans. We're doing the the 30 minute teachings now. And so hopefully y'all are enjoying uh, the shorter format. We're not going to change the content in any way. So again, if, as I've said before, if Romans was going to be a, a, a 50 teaching series, now it'll be 75. So we're still going to go verse by verse by verse by verse and Lord willing, bring through, uh, you know, uh, the content that's, uh, that's, that's what's essential. Um, but it'll just be in, in 30 minute blocks, which, uh, it has been, uh, people have told me this, my daughter, Lauren made the point that, People have been telling us this for years, so I apologize. I'm a little slow to learn at times. Uh, forgive me. So today we're going to be in uh, Romans 1, hard verses. Um, Romans 1, I don't know how far I get. I'd like to do 18 to, to 32, but, you know, rarely am I able to get that far. It's just, it's heavy stuff. Here we're going to, you know, the Apostle Paul now is going to move into a stage where he's he's speaking about the utter sinfulness of all humanity. He's really in these verses gonna, gonna condemn all humanity under sin. That that all human beings are not only sinful, but but utterly sinful. And he's gonna go through really three different types and even three different stages of sinfulness that ultimately culminate in just the horrible sins of the soul right? Sins of just, of greed and malice, right? Malice is when you, when you want harm, when you desire harm and pain to come from other people. And it's just, a, it's, it's an extremely, extremely, uh, you know, heavy block of verses, but it's in the word of God. It needs to be taught. So father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy, your favor, your goodness, and your grace on our lives. We thank you for our Bible. We thank you for this incredible book of Romans, Father. The letter to the Romans, Father. We just thank you for the revelation, the insight, the power, the meaning, the word of God in this book of Romans. Father, above all, as always, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King, our only way in truth and life, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus, we love you. We worship you. We thank you for your mercy, your goodness, your provision in giving yourself on our behalf and in our place. And we worship you, our risen Savior. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open your word. Give us eyes that see, ears that hear, hearts that understand. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right.
Amen. Wow. All right. Romans 1.18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. 21, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Okay. Wow. All right. Now, this is real. Okay. Um, at, the, at the foundation of everything. Christianity, being a Christian, understanding what it means to be a Christian is that we need a savior. And what we need a savior from is we need to be saved from the wrath of God and eternal hell. That's not popular teaching, Stephen. It's not what we want to hear. Okay. We need to be saved from the wrath of God against sin. Yes, God loves us. There is no question he loves us. He showed his love for us by sending Jesus into the world, an incomprehensible love of God the Son, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, divine God Almighty, the second person of the Trinity, entered this world of his own will and decision, became a human man on behalf of humanity, on behalf of all of us. He lived a perfect, righteous, sinless life when he walked this earth on behalf of every human being, uh, a life we could never live. Then he died a, a horrible, torturous death on our behalf and in our place that we should have died and he was raised from the dead. He did all that because of his incomprehensible love for humanity. The heavenly father sent Christ, God, the son, the son of God, and watched him suffer. As a matter of fact, the father poured his wrath on Jesus because of his incredible love for us, that we would be reconciled to him. So it's it's important that we understand both realities, okay? It's, it's what's in the Bible. Our job is to make our beliefs and our life wrap fit the scripture, okay? We, it's not our job to twist the Bible so that we can believe whatever we, we, we want to believe. We're not supposed to make the Bible fit our beliefs and our life. We're supposed to make our life and beliefs fit the Bible. Right, Melanie? 
Verse 18, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. This is every human being, every man and woman is under the wrath of God unless we've received Jesus Christ as our savior because every single one of us is sinful. I was talking to my wife today. I think it was my wife I was talking to about this. Um, it might've been Elder Jesse yesterday. Um, you know, days run together. But how sinful we really are. We don't really get it. We don't understand. We, 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 we know we've done wrong. Right? Every rational person knows that, that they're not perfect. They know that they've lived in sin. They know they've done wrong things, thought wrong things, spoken wrong things. Uh, they know they're sinful, right? They know that they've, they've broken the moral law, the law of their conscience, right? Um, and, you know, we'll say things like, you know, we're not perfect. We're just human. And all that's true. Um, you know, people will say that's just human nature. Well, it certainly is human nature. But what the Bible calls it is what it actually really is, and it's our sinful nature. We have a nature that's rebellious against God. We want to do what we want to do. We're creatures of preference. I'm a man of preference, okay? I'm consistently working on it. I have a long way to go. I have pride. Um, you know, I'm self-serving. I always want my own way. I really do. I feel this bend in me when I'm trying to adjust and walk with Christ and obey him as his disciple. And we'll get through, we'll, we'll work on this when we get to Romans 7, Lord willing. But we'll see this, this pull, right? Um, as, as I'm trying to walk uprightly with Christ, every human being is godless and wicked. Those are strong words. OK, but we it's it's the words that are necessary so we understand how bad our sin really is. Our sin is so bad that the wrath of God Almighty has to be poured out on us. OK, Jesus came into this world and took onto himself the wrath of God. He took it on himself so that you and I would not have to receive it. Do you understand that? Does that make sense? The reason we're always imploring you to give your life to Christ is so that the wrath of God and the result of spending an eternity in hell is not poured out on you. Jesus received the wrath of God on your behalf and on my behalf at the cross. All the wrath of God for the sin of the world was poured out on Christ. And John 1.12 simply says, yet to all who received him, Jesus to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Have you come before Jesus knowing your hopelessness, your helplessness, knowing you are desperately lost, knowing that you are a sinful person, and knowing that without Jesus, only eternal hell awaits? Have you come to him from that place and genuinely received him as your Lord and Savior? Have you called out to him and asked him to come into your heart? to be the Lord of your life, to save you from your sin, to bring you to heaven when you die. Romans 10, 13 says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's a promise. Now hear me, it's not your words that save you. You don't just, 
You don't just puppet some words and then have confidence in the words you said for salvation. No, it's Christ that saves you. But again, we use our words, of course, to communicate our heart to him. So have you come to Jesus from that place of hopeless desperation and cried out to him, asking him to be the Lord of your life, to save you from your sin, to bring you to heaven when you die? If you haven't, then you can stop the tape and do it right now. Again, you can call on Christ, putting your full faith and trust and confidence in him alone, calling out to him and proclaiming your belief in him as the son of God. And that he did come into this world and live a perfect righteous life on your behalf and died a torturous death on your behalf. And that you believe he's alive and risen. And therefore you are asking him to come into your heart, to be the Lord of your life, to save you from your sin, to bring you to heaven when you die, proclaiming your full trust, confidence, hope in Jesus alone, that you're clinging to Jesus alone for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul. And you will be saved. Okay. Um, that's the promise. Now, obviously it needs to come from that place of, of genuine understanding of knowing the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men. It says who suppress the truth by their wickedness. The reason that our wickedness and godlessness, godlessness is unrestrained is because we suppress the truth. We push down the truth. We refuse the truth of the word of God. And all we're doing is storing up more and more wrath. The Bible is the word of God. That's why we do this. That's why we do what we do in the scriptures is we're wanting to bring you the word of God. We, we need to increasingly more and more spend time in the scriptures. That way we know the truth. We accept it. We don't suppress it, right? Father, I ask you to forgive us where we have suppressed the truth. Just by our wickedness, where we didn't want to know the truth, Father, I ask you to forgive us and cleanse us of this unrighteousness in Jesus' name. Help us, Holy Spirit, to accept the truth of the word of God. Who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Verse 19, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. How? Verse 20, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. All humanity, when he says many means men and women here, we're all without excuse. We can try to suppress the truth. An atheist is trying to suppress the truth, which is clearly before his or her eyes. It's not a debate. It's not an option. When you look up at the universe, okay, the Bible is saying that is absolute proof enough that God has given to you that he exists. You can work on it. You can suppress it. When you look at a satellite picture of the earth, Scott, from space, and you see the earth moving and rotating perfectly, this perfect earth, this world, 
and you try to make up things that happened. You try to come up with theories instead of just the simple, obvious accepting of what the Bible says that God, an eternal triune being, created the heavens, the universe, and the earth, the sun, the moon, and created it perfectly to sustain life so that we would choose him, so that we would walk with him. But we went bad, as I said, we're all sinners. And then he and himself even made provision for us to be reconciled to him in Jesus. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, yes, they're invisible, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, verse 20, being understood from what has been made so that men were with, are without excuse. There are no atheists in hell. I want every single person to be in heaven. I do. They're not. But I want every person to be in heaven. What does that mean? There's no atheists in hell. Everyone believes now. Once you leave this life, the certainty of this will become clear. Everyone believes. And there's no excuse. Again, having faith in the Bible, having faith in the word of God is a far simpler thing in believing the truth of the scriptures, the creation of the world, the redemption of mankind in Jesus Christ, that's all far simpler than trying to make up dozens of different theories about how the universe came into existence. Instead of simply accepting that, yes, there is a divine being, a triune God, one being, three persons that created the universe, created humankind, that we might have relationship with them in Jesus Christ, our Lord. We're without excuse. And then for the, the many, as far as atheists, there's even more agnostics. An atheist is, is, is an atheist. He's not a theist. He doesn't believe or she doesn't believe there's any God. Then there's the agnostics. An agnostic is trying to straddle the fence and just say, well, I don't know. Well, that's not going to work either. Okay, because God has given us his word. God, the son, Jesus Christ, became a human man. He took on himself the wrath of God for you and for me and for all of us. We have his word. So we're not going to be able to stand before him one day and just say, well, well, you know, I never was against you. I just said I didn't know that won't work either. The only way to escape the wrath of God, God has given his word is by receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, who took that wrath, that punishment on your behalf and in your place and on my behalf and in my place. Verse 21, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. There's no question that there's a God and your life ought to be about being thankful for what you've been given. My life ought to be one of thankfulness and gratitude and praise and worship. Do you have a lifestyle today, Pop, of giving thanks to God? Nathan, are you giving thanks to him? For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. As disciples of Jesus Christ, as Christians, we ought to have an increasing lifestyle, Stephen, 
of being thankful, of looking to bring glory to God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Look what it says. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Again, everything starts in our thinking. The first aspect of repentance is repenting from whatever ridiculousness we were thinking about God and now believing and confessing the truth of what the scriptures say about God and about Jesus and about the plan of redemption, of redeeming us, of taking the wrath of God on our behalf and buying us back, purchasing us from the slavery of sin that every human being is in. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. We need to repent of thinking. The more we continually look to think of things contrary to the Bible, the more darkened we get, not only in our thoughts, but darkened in our hearts. Verse 22, although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. Anyone in the world today, and again, this is not being harsh. This is not by any means, you know, uh, you know, uh, we're not trying to be just, uh, you know, we're not trying just to, to be intolerant here, okay? This is love to tell you the truth, just to give you the truth of the word of God. Verse 22, although they claim to be wise, they became fools. There is no wisdom outside of this Bible. There's no wisdom outside of Jesus. Although they claim to be wise, they became fools, Christian. Again, there is no wisdom. There is no corporate wisdom. There there certainly is corporate wisdom and worldly wisdom, but it's foolish. Without Jesus in any conversation, in every situation, without knowing the will of Christ in the matter, there is only full-hearted foolishness. There's only pragmatism is the next best thing. And without Christ, it's worthless. That's the ramifications. That's what this scripture is trying to drive home. Although they claim to be wise, they became fools. If you're claiming any wisdom today and it's not founded in the Son of God and the Word of God, then it's foolish. And if I am, it's foolish. Verse 23, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. And we've seen this. We've seen Buddhas up all over the place. We've seen the Hindu gods, you know, uh, like mortal man, birds, animals, reptiles. It's ridiculous, okay? Our triune God, we have a God that's one being, three separate individual distinct persons. Uh, it's their spirit. God is spirit, the scripture says, right? Jesus said and his worshipers, John 4, must worship him in, in spirit, and in truth, okay? Um, You don't go make an idol and put it up on the mantle and worship something ridiculous that our own hands have made. How do you worship something when you made it with your own hands? It's God who made us, who made the universe, who made mankind, and then redeemed us in Jesus Christ our Lord. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles, things they made with their own hands. Forgive us, Father. Golly. Mm. Verse 24. Therefore God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts 
to sexual impurity, for the degrading of their bodies with one another. Here's a scary thing. Okay, this is this is this is a scary thing. When we continue to not, you know, when we continue to suppress the truth, when we continue to not desire the truth, right? You're going to see a progression of the sinfulness and the foolishness in our lives, okay? It begins with suppressing the truth, then it moves into degrading our bodies. Then he's going to talk about, you know, um, you know, unnatural sins, which are not worse in the way of homosexuality, right? They're not worse than fornication. Fornication is when you're, you know, having sexual relations outside of marriage. They're not worse than adultery. They're not worse than, you know, um, you know, violence. Okay. It's all sinful, physical, sinful behavior. And then there's sins that go beyond that, the sins of the soul. And as we continue to suppress the truth and not agree with the truth, we only get more and more darkened and more and more given over. Wherever we are today, if you're in a sinful place today, if you're in a place where you're living in some deliberate sin, some sexual sin, uh, let's say it's pornography. Let's say you're, you're, you're in fornication. You're a man or woman and you're just sleeping with your boyfriend or girlfriend outside of marriage. Let's say you're in adultery. Let's say you're in a homosexual relationship. It would be infinitely better for you not to suppress the truth, for you to come to the truth and at least say, my behavior is against the word of God. I know it's wrong. Have mercy on me, Lord. I'm continuing to walk in the wrong, but I do know it's wrong. Now, it's not okay just to say that and keep doing it, but whatever you do, stop denying the truth of the word of God. Stop suppressing the truth because in that, you're just going to get given over when you suppress the truth. Verse 24, therefore God gave them over. There's a place where he will just give you over to what, what you want to do. We can refuse him and refuse him and refuse him and refuse him, Alicia, right? And not want to just simply bend the knee and say, Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, bend the knee to the Son of God and Word of God and say, have mercy on me a sinner. That's what I need to do. Okay. At the foot of the cross, we're all equal. Me, you, the Pope, Mother Teresa, Billy Graham, Buddha, Gandhi, Muhammad, all of us at the foot of the cross are desperate, hopeless, hell-bound sinners saved Jesus. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. Ultimately, he will give us over when we just continue to suppress the truth. When we continue to not acknowledge him. So I'll say again, wherever you are today, whatever sin you may be living in, again, any deliberate sin, we need to have a a desire for repentance. And even if we don't, we need to make an effort of repentance. But if you don't have that, don't deny the truth. Continue to accept the truth of the word of God and the son of God. And in that, there's hope. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. Verse 25, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things 
rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. You heard me just say it, right? They create these idols, right? They exchange the immortal, the glory of the immortal God, verse 23, for images made to look like mortal man, birds, animals, reptiles, things they created with their own hands, the ridiculousness of it, right? They exchanged the truth of God, verse 25, for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Ultimately, the Lord will give us over because we're exchanging the truth of God. You exchange the Bible, the very word of God, the word that created the universe. Remember in Genesis 1, God said, let there be light. He spoke the universe and the earth into existence. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. The Bible is the word of God, May, right? This is the living word of God, Jason. Chris, it's real. It's the word of God. Do y'all believe the word of God today? Or are you still exchanging the truth of God for a lie? If that's, if, that's, if that's any aspect of your life, again, it's never too late for you to repent. It's never too late for you to come back to Jesus and humble yourself. You can do it seven times in a day, but simply, so simply repent over any areas you're exchanging the truth of God for a lie. Jesus said, the devil is the father of lies. Have mercy on us, Father. Have mercy on us, Lord Jesus. Have mercy on us, Holy Spirit. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. You may say today, well, I don't bow down to a Buddha or I don't bow down to a statue of a reptile. I don't do that. No, you worship and serve other created things. Maybe you worship and serve evolution. Maybe you worship and serve pleasure. Maybe you worship and serve money. Maybe you worship and serve vengeance. Maybe you worship and serve your anger, your bitterness, your unforgiveness. They worshiped and served created things rather than the creator. If you're not worshiping the triune God in and through Jesus Christ, our Lord, you're worshiping and serving created things. What are you worshiping? What do you give your life to? Maybe you worship and serve your kids. Maybe you worship and serve your family, your parents, your fans, if you're a celebrity. What are you worshiping and serving today that's not Jesus Christ, our Lord, and in and through him, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit? Father, you are the creator. You are forever praised. We worship you. We honor you. We praise you. We thank you. We ask for your mercy your healing, your goodness, your favor, and your grace on our lives. Drive us to repentance. Drive us that we might know Jesus and walk with him and serve him as our only Lord and Savior. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal this message to our hearts now. We thank you for it. We praise you and worship you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.